passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Episode 138, For the Love of the Game, on the Believe Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. We've got college football championship game. We've got Alabama against Georgia in the championship game. We've got NBA. We've got NFL playoffs coming up. And the number one spot for all your sports action this season remains to be bet online. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Use promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode 138 for the love of the game. Let's get after it. I got a hundred guns. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits next time if you talk, you talk. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi-automatic that spits next time if you talk, you talk. And I know y'all niggas is Panani, Panani, your monologues getting tired. Now it's time to ride and print this. You fire, you no longer desire to take off them silly chains. Put back on your wire. I'm on fire. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. First episode of 2022. It's episode number 138 for the love of the game on the Believe Podcast Network with yours truly, Aaron Tobin Hess. We are back in the saddle, back behind the mic. Happy New Year to all, and here's to a great 2022. So as I mentioned last episode, that even though I've taken my talents to the 305, I'm still as New York as it gets. So naturally, I had to hit you with the NY classic, Ja Rule's New York, which is the second best New York rap song of all time. Nas's NY state of mind does reign supreme. This isn't a debate. We will not be having this debate. And as a result of me staying true to my brand, New York till I die. We're going to be discussing the current state of the New York Knicks with a recurring guest. But before I get all frustrated, a quick rundown of what's happening in the world of sports. So we had the college football playoff this past weekend. We had Alabama defeating Cincinnati 27 to 6. I actually thought that game was a little bit closer than the score indicated. A couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. And I really thought since he was in the game, people thought that since he, a non power five school, How are they going to fare against the big, bad SEC? And yeah, they got beat pretty good, but I don't think they embarrassed themselves. So I was impressed with Cincy, but Alabama goes to the title game and they will meet up with Georgia, who defeated Michigan 
Did not get this one right on the last episode in my preview. So Georgia defeats Michigan 34 to 11. SEC reigns supreme. Right now, the line as currently sits, Georgia is a three-point favorite over Alabama. I am not a college football expert, but it just seems to me that Alabama, which is the number one seed, getting three points seems a little interesting. But if Stenson Bennett's going to play the even 75% of the way he played against Michigan, Georgia's going to be really, really tough to beat. But I kind of like Alabama in this spot. A couple of NFL notes from around the league. One, Joe Burrow, I said it before, I'll say it again, is just awesome. It's just awesome. It's an absolute travesty that he did not make the Pro Bowl. Okay? It's a travesty. So on Sunday, they win a shootout against the Chiefs. Just a crazy game that it was a really weird ending the last minute of that game. I mean, there were penalties. There was bad strategy. But Cincinnati takes care of the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs were on an eight-game winning streak. Cincinnati puts a halt to that winning streak, clinches the division, and Joe Burrow was excellent. Jamar Chase was excellent. And, yeah, but you're going to tell me, and I know the Pro Bowl, it's it doesn't really mean anything, and all these guys miss games, but you're going to tell me that Lamar Jackson had a better season than Joe Burrow because Lamar Jackson was on the Pro Bowl roster and Joe Burrow wasn't. Anybody who has a clue of what's going on in the NFL, who has eyes, can see that Joe Burrow is a far superior quarterback than Lamar Jackson. It's not close, all right? In fact, besides for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Will grandfather Russell Wilson will give him, you know, he's had a weird year, but we'll give it to him. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. How many quarterbacks would you take over Joe Burrow? The answer is zero. All right. That's for this year. That's for a single game. And that's for going forward. Zero. Maybe you can argue Justin Herbert. I don't think so. But some people will argue Joe Burrow is awesome and good for the Cincinnati Bengals. Actually, in a, my uh, season preview, I predicted the Bengals were going to be pretty good this year. So uh, kudos to your boy for uh, predicting that. But Joe Burrow is awesome. A Joseph that is not awesome is Joe Judge. And I said last episode I wasn't going to talk about the Giants. And they got waxed by the Bears. They had negative 10 passing yards by Mike Glennon. Just a joke. An absolute joke. Joe Judge's press conference was laughable, where he's talking about accountability and, and he makes this claim that there are guys who are on their teams that call him all the time saying that he'd, he'd rather play for the Giants. That's like the biggest lie ever told by an NFL coach this year. I know he was given the vote of confidence. I can't understand how after that. The Giants could bring him back. But whatever. I said I wasn't going to talk about the Giants. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. Uh, there was the Antonio Brown situation in the Tampa Bay Jets game where Antonio Brown went AWOL on the sidelines, basically quit in the middle of a game, got into an Uber and left, was immediately cut by the team, as announced by Bruce Arians. I don't know how you can do anything else if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It kind of overshadowed how – well, the Jets played, and the Jets are progressing in, in a lot of different ways. We'll get to them in a second, but 
The Jets almost won this game, and Tom Brady comes back with a minute left in the fourth quarter and is absolutely surgical, leads them to a game-winning touchdown drive. Like, easy pickings for Tom Brady against the Jets. He does it to the Jets again. But the Antonio Brown thing was crazy in the moment, and it really overshadowed. It was a really entertaining game, really, really entertaining game. Now, Ian Rappaport came out that it was about Brown saying that he had an injury and that Bruce Arians wanted him on the field, and Brown's like, I'm not ready to go out out on the field. I don't feel right, and Bruce Arians was insisting that he play on the field, so he basically just quit. I don't know. It's more drama with Antonio Brown. He probably played his last snap in the NFL, and uh, good riddance because the guy's – a major, major diva and a major pain in the ass. One more thing about the NFL. The NFL lost an icon over the weekend. John Madden passed away. Now, John Madden has had an incredible, incredible career. I mean, he's one of the most successful coaches in NFL history. Look at his win percentage, all right? He basically had the highest win percentage in a 10-year stretch in NFL history won an AFC championship, won a Super Bowl, went to many, many AFC title games. And then he goes on after he was done with coaching to become a color commentator on TV for football, which leads him to become basically the brand ambassador for the biggest sports video game in history. I really don't think if you tell the story of football, you can point to five guys more influential to the sport of football, given everything he's done than John Madden, whether it was his coaching career, whether it was really revolutionizing the play-by-play game on TV and the video game, which lives on and gets bigger and bigger every year. There aren't five more guys in NFL history and football history that are more influential than John Madden. There aren't, there aren't. So, I mean, he, he was quite a character. An unbelievable career, so uh, rest in peace to a football lifer. As uh, part of my take would say, the ultimate football guy and just an absolute legend. I mean, really shocking news when I when I saw that. And so rest in peace to John Madden. Uh, a couple of quick NBA thoughts before we dive into the Knicks and I get all frustrated, as I mentioned before. Have yourself a moment, DeMar DeRozan. Two back-to-back game-winning threes on consecutive nights against the Pacers and against the Wizards. He's having an unbelievable season. Right now, the Bulls are atop the East first in the standings. Now, I don't think that's going to maintain itself, but still, it's incredible. I know when we were doing the preview, I wasn't super high on the Bulls. I was super wrong. The, The fit with him and Zach Levine has been seamless. And DeMar DeRozan, who, yeah, he had his detractors in Toronto. Flew under the radar in San Antonio, but right now he's having himself an incredible moment at the age of 32, arguably having his best season. Just awesome for him. Two, Kyrie Irving, my favorite. It looks like he's set to actually play basketball. He's going to make his uh, debut on Wednesday. We're going to see how that goes with the Nets. He's out of COVID protocol. It's going to be interesting to see how this part-time player thing works. I'm still... Not very high in the Nets. There's just a lot going on here, but the Nets need bodies. The owner, Joe Sy, basically came out and said, we're doing this because we want to win. I can respect that, even though I, I don't think it sets a good precedent. But 
he's allowed to do it. They want to win games. Kyrie Irving will help them win games. So I, I can't really fault him for doing that. So Kyrie Irving looks like he's going to make his season debut on Wednesday night. Three, another one of my favorites, LeBron James. Now, the Lakers haven't been very good, but ever since Anthony Davis's injury, LeBron has been playing a little bit of center, and the results have been awesome. He's been incredible at center. I mean, LeBron the last week and a half has played as well as he's ever played. And I know I give him tons of shit for him being a cornball for all this stuff, but the fact of the matter is it's year 19, and he's still balling like crazy. So, so kudos to him for his play on the court, even though I can't stand him. And four, the Portland Trailblazers need to do something. They're currently 12th in the West. They gave up 132 points to the Lucas Dallas Mavericks. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Like, what's happening here? Just absolutely terrible. It's time for Portland to shake something up. I know Damian Lillard's being a good soldier, but it's time for him to demand a trade. You got to do something if you're Portland. Just just blow the thing up and start from scratch. And with that said, we're going to bring on a recurring guest to talk about the New York Knicks, who are incredibly frustrating, as frustrating as ever. We're going to bring him on in just a matter of moments. And so I teased it before. We got to talk about my New York Knicks. Or I should say our New York Knicks. I'm welcoming on a recurring guest, Mr. Papa Left. What's good, man? What's How going on? We're feeling good. I mean, I, you know, we're in gloom and doom times for the New York Knicks. But, you know, you look up at the standings. It's not it's not all that bad. But how you doing, brother? I'm doing OK. I'm doing all right. I, uh, I I've got myself a little bit of a tan. I've got the 305 vibes. So but I'm trying to stay true to my New York roots. So we're going to rant about the New York Knicks on the latest episode, the first episode of the 2022 year. It's only fitting. It's only fitting. So you mentioned it before, doom and gloom, right? The Knicks are 17 and 20. They're about the same record as they were last year at this time, roughly uh, about the same record. But on, but this year feels a little different, obviously, as you can tell. So on yeah. a scale of 1 to 10, how sad and frustrated are you by this Knicks team? Is 10 being the most frustrated I've ever been as a Knicks fan? Well, the most frustrated you've ever been as a Nick fan? Yeah, sure, 10. 10 would, would be the most frustrated. Uh, this is about a, I mean, this is about a five. I've gotten there in certain select games to, to that 10 level. You know, it's very frustrating what this team is, is putting out there effort-wise night to night. It, it definitely see the difference. Sometimes they play on a national TV setting, like that game against the Nets, or, or when they play – pretty much the same roster they play against the Hawks on Christmas day, a completely uh, vested energized effort. And then they come out a couple nights later against the Pistons and, and they look like a completely mentally checked out team, even in a win. So, I mean, in the scope of my existence as a Knicks fan, I'm born in 91. Um, I'll be turning 31 on January 6th. Uh, I've seen majority horrible product as an as a Knicks fan. So I mean, as bad as it is right now, there is still optimism um, that I can hold on to. Um, but that doesn't take away with the disappointing um, season that it's been. It's, it's it's you said same record, but it's been a lot of missed opportunities at wins. It's been a lot of questionable decisions by by Tibbs. 
it's been not the same production from Randall, but we're also seeing a terrible body language from the team as a whole. It's just not that jumping around bench that it was last year. And there's a lot of reasons why, um, but records can fool you. And, and 17 and 20 uh, doesn't feel like the way it did last year when we were teetering around 500 before we made that run. So I'm at a seven right now. Yeah. And now it's a mix between expectations and, and it was, you know, it was naturally hard for us not to have expectations after the way last year went right. 41 and 31 in the 72 game schedule, the best season we've had in 10 years, right? Randall, who I've always had my guard up about. If you've listened to this show forever, I've always had my guard up about make second team all NBA. Um, but why this season is incredibly frustrating to me, it is just, I don't think, I think there's a disconnect between where the organization thinks it is and where the coaching staff thinks it is in terms of the direction of the team. Mm. We all know, we all know Tibbs is a grinder, right? We know Tibbs mm. is a grinder. He's going to try and eke every last win out of this team and that's commendable in a sense where it's given the team accountability, right? It's given mm-hmm. the team that it's not a laughing stock, that, mm-hmm. that bad play won't be tolerated. However, mm-hmm. however, it just seems like he doesn't really have – there's no rhyme or reason to what he's doing, right? We saw Kemba go to the bench for 10 games, and I was okay with it because the team was – not performing well with Kemba on the floor, right? The team has a different pop with Rose. The team has a different pop with Quickly on the floor. But he holds Kemba accountable, but he doesn't hold Evan Fournier accountable for his crappy play. And he doesn't hold Mm. Julius Randle accountable for his crappy Mm. play. So it's like, Mm. what are we doing here? Like, why are we not playing the young kids? You know, I, I just, there's just a lot of, push and pull, you know, in different directions. And and I don't think Tibbs has a handle on what's going on. And I'm not really sure that the front office, I know you don't want them to meddle with the coach, but you want them to have like, there'd be some synergy. And I feel like there's not a lot of synergy right now. Well, you know, with, with Tibbs, Tibbs is your, your assessment of him is correct. He's going to, he's a grinder. He's going to find that combination that he likes and he's going to stick with it. Um, as long as it, is it, as he can ride it out. Like we've seen Alec Burks play 40 minutes a clip certain nights when he trusts Alec Burks with the ball or he trusts him as a shot creator. Um, and then there's nights where he's to his detriment kind of riding, you know, Evan Fournier kind of just forcing him into the Randall riding Randall Randall. in fourth quarters, you know? So, I mean, the hope would be is that with the two extremes, we've got many extremes, but now we've, we've pretty much had a, had a youth movement lineup now with, with Omicron Knicks. Right. So, so we, we've kind of had the youth movement. We had, no Randall, we've had no Kemba, we've had no centers, we've, we've had to go small. Everybody's gotten a taste of, we need you playing time. So now I think the excuses are off the board. I think Tibbs knows what he has individually and in, in pretty much every player on this roster. When Randall comes back out of these protocols, and, and, and 
I don't know what the deal with Kemba is. I, I, I pretty much have said, I've been on record for saying the way Kemba carried us that week when he was the player of the week, and I was at the Garden when he scored 44 against the Wizards. And I, I tell you what, I mean, I wasn't at the Garden for Melo 62, but that place, if he would have dropped 50, it would have been a memorable, like an extremely memorable night. And they lost but, to the Wizards without Bradley Beal. Right. And I mean, uh, like, like, like I was to say, like Kemba, I think he took off a year of his basketball life in that week. You can't do that to Kemba. You can't. You know, he cannot. He played a back-to-back. He played that game against the Pistons. The night before, Randall got used. His usage was insane against the Timberwolves. So, I mean, Tibbs has to scale it back, you would hope, um, and use his depth. I mean, the Knicks bench has been the bright spot of their of their team for the past 18, you know, well, not 18 months, but the past 12 months. You know, ever since Derrick Rose got here, that, that bench was a serious threat. And yeah. it, it could beat any rotation in the NBA. Um, now we don't have Rose. I don't know what the deal with Kemba is. So without a point guard, we're kind of just back at square one with his roster. So um, the synergy between the front office and, and the head coach, at the end of the day, I think Tibbs is he's kind of strapped with his ability as, as a coach to scheme out of this. He would like to have Randall carry the load. He would like Burks to carry the load. He would like Evan Fournier some nights to carry the load. He doesn't want to scheme a, 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 a diverse variety of looks between his young players, you know. Um, so I think the hope is for Tibbs is to continue that grinding energy. And I think the front office has to take a deeper look at itself and say, have we given, is this the coach we want going forward in terms of um, his style? Because his style is very what it is. I mean, he's right. he's pretty much putting the onus on his best players to ride or die with for 35 to 40 minutes at, at a clip. So I do agree with that. I just don't see a way out this year. This year is going to have to be a, a, a results-based year. And I hope that you know, the politics of Fournier's contract and, and Randall's contract won't play the same role that it's playing this year. If they continue to play below that that level, we need them to play. The usage that we're giving them and the production they're giving us, I think, that, you know, they're, they're on the hot seat, you know. Um, I, I don't see Tibbs being on the hot seat. I don't see anybody in that front office on the hot seat. Um for better or worse, these kind of guys are, 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 are pushed together in the same room. Um, but, you know, guys that are that are brought in here have to start performing. And, and you know, 17 and 20 is not performing. And, and, and this team's estimation, I think that they estimated themselves um, to be a playoff team and, and to push for that second round. You I don't, touched I don't on, see that happening. Yeah, you touched on a lot of things. Uh, so far, and I, I'm gonna get. We're gonna get back to Tibbs. We're gonna get back to the front office in a little bit in terms of the culp- culpability. But I wanted to start with Randall, right? Obviously, last year was the monster year. The year before that, I've never hated watching somebody play basketball so much in my life. Right now, he's out with uh, in the COVID protocol. Uh, he's been bad. Uh, the graphic came out that every player on the roster has been better with him off the floor. Um, yeah. in terms of their productivity. And then you had the yeah. last two games and it was, it was rough. Right. Mm. So where do you stand on Randall in terms of what he is as a player? Is, is he yep. going to, uh, is he going to shake out of this 
funk a little bit because the, or is was last year just a one hit wonder and right now we're kind of screwed because we're paying him almost top dollar for the next you know this year and two more years after that yeah well personally I, you know i think i think randall's split versus last year and this year a lot of people bring it to you know covid and fans in the stands i think it has to do with personnel like i think last year we had pieces around randall that when randall has a high usage night it makes so much sense because you have alfred payton you have um reggie bullock who's a catch and shoot guy alfred payton obviously can't create um he's not a guy you want to be creating with the ball um yeah nerland's noel for the majority of that that hot streak we had so right then and there you have three players that you know, they're not going to ask for the ball because their their talent is very limited in that area. Then you have RJ Barrett, who kind of just got banished to being a three and D player and he played his role. So everybody last year, by virtue of limit less is more, um, Randall took on the responsibility as being the shot creator, being a, a, a offensive engine. And that worked to a point. But when you're in playing the same team, for five nights, five games in a row, Nate McMillan just drew up that matchup zone and completely took Randall out of his game. Yep. Now you have this year, we have Kemba and you have Fournier brought in to kind of help take off the load, but the chemistry hasn't been there between them. And furthermore, now you're losing the defensive intensity and the role-playing, off-ball, non-statistical impact that, you know, people may not like him. Alfred Payton's going to have some non-statistical impacts by, by playing. the. I know there was times where Alfred Payton just didn't know who he was guarding. It was kind of no, no, he's the one. I, I, I got to stop you yeah. there. Hold on. One second. Yeah. Yeah. I just – I know what you're trying to say, but I can't. I can't get there. No. I can't get there. You got to think, think in theory. You got to think in theory. Yes. Um, the theory is correct. Elf, when you take away Elf and you add Kemba, you, you think that's a win. Um, but it hasn't played itself out like that with that first unit. The first unit has almost become even more unbearable in the, in the detriment that they're bringing to our bench. So this year, you know, Randall just hasn't been able, we all as a team haven't been able to identify the use, the correct amount of usage, the correct amount of shots. There's, there was a slight hope that when Kemba got hot, that, that Kemba was taking the reins on this team, but, like I said, you cannot do that. You cannot get through an 82-game season with Kemba Walker as your engine. It has to be Julius. But Julius and Tibbs have to moderate um, their, their love affair for each other to include, to include other shot creators. You know, we've seen R.J. Barrett um, inconsistent, but you can't banish him to the bench for eight minutes at a time. A, a kid can't grow like that. So, you know... I, I have hope that Julius can regain some confidence in his jump shot, that the regression won't be so far back to the 2019 mean. But, um, you know, this team has to take some of the load away from them. And that comes with Tibbs, you know, being a little bit, you know, more manageable with, with, his, with his star player. You know, he's a star, but he's not LeBron James, and he's getting LeBron James usage. And for right. this I, team, for this team, Aaron, you can't do that. They have too much time. I, I, okay, so you said it. Tibbs is enabling Randall to play like LeBron. I've been saying this on Twitter. I've been I've been screaming this forever. And at this point, considering 
Randall's track record. Like, he should not be getting that respect, right? And the fact that he had, had this out-of-body experience last year is holding the franchise hostage. And it's yeah. almost holding Tibbs hostage, right? right? The and ceiling on it is not sexy. It's not a sexy ceiling. No, it's not. We, we, we saw the ceiling, and, and we enjoyed the ceiling. But that's not ultimately where you want to take the next step. And no. I, I almost am at a point where I'm ready to lose the battle to win the war, where it's like I need this season to flop so, mm. we, so we realize that Randall ain't that guy. You know the meme. You've seen it all over. You ain't that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Yeah. Randall's not that guy. All right? So stop with the LeBron James treatment. We all see it. The stats bear it out. Like, Tibbs, it, it's time. It's time to let go of last year's nostalgia, and it's time to move on. And, and that's mm. the only way – forward the only way forward may be to go back into the lottery and then see you know what you can do in the offseason it, it's crazy but like I, i'm almost at that point yeah i don't think they'll ever get there this year i think it would have to take an historic kind of injuries popping up um a, a big time losing streak you know i i i just you saw you saw the pacers right the pacers were rumored to trading miles turner malcolm brogdon all these guys but it's hard man it's hard to to cut ties with talent and it's hard to get value for talent when when you're a seller you know what i mean it's 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 just real difficult so i i do see this season as no matter what is kind of like a loss chain in, 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 in the rebuild of what we thought it would be. Um, but I just don't see how anything can happen that catastrophic to where um, one player or one piece is isolated as the problem. I still think that this organization paid Randall to, to be here. Um, whether they, they believe they're they close can get someone to someone else with them. If, yeah. If they, if they, if they feel like this is just a year to continue, you know, the course of, 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 of action of, of being a winning culture and, and it's just not clicking right now, I think they'll still fall back on their um, assets and they'll fall back on their ability to be patient, save money and, and move forward, you know, uh, with Randall as a part of the team. I, I don't think what I don't think that a lot of people, uh, you know, Nick's Twitter or whatnot will say that the Knicks, um, or Gilbert Arena said the Knicks, this is how they treat a star, and this is why stars don't want to come here. I don't think that's true at all. I think the Knicks will always acquire a star when the star is available to them. Right like now, Amari, yeah, Amari was a star, and he was available to them. They acquired Amari Stoudemire. Carmelo Anthony was a star, and they had the assets to acquire him, and he wanted to go there, and they acquired him. Then, you know, the Knicks, you know, for all the non-lack of help that Melo had at the downturn of his career, um, which he did need help, but he, he needed help to, to be the help, in my opinion, at, at that point in his career. Um, Carmelo was given a no-trade clause, and, and people still love him with three straight misses of making the eighth seed in, in a half-get-in, half-don't kind of scenario. Um, so... Well, you know why that I, is. You know why that is. Is he had a, 
he had a track record of excellence, right? Whether you liked his game, whether you liked his style or not, he had a track record of excellence, right? It wasn't right. just a one-hit wonder. Like he made multiple yeah. All NBA teams. But uh, right? the, the point, the point is, is I don't think I don't think the stars aren't coming here because of anything to do with noise or how Julius is 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 being treated. And he had one year where they're getting MVP chance, and the next year people are saying, you know, we're better without him. I don't think that has anything to do with a Donovan Mitchell, you know, if he were to become freed up to say, I do, I, I want to play. With I don't think that has anything to do with it. Yeah. The, the days of Phil Jackson, you know, the stink that he had over the organization where that was the case, the way right. he handled his business, that's long gone. Like Leon Rose knows what he's doing in that respect. It's just the guy's not there. And we'll, and no. we'll get to the, when we get to the front office, like he acquired these contracts to be able to stack them with the young talent to get that guy. Now that guy hasn't materialized yet. And when, you know, that happens, they're going to have one crack at it and they're, they're going to go for it. Right. That that's the logic. But I, I think the problem with Randall is, is if he can only play one way where it's Julius is the hub of the universe. <laughs> Who's the other guy who's going to want to play there, right? Who's going to be the other guy who's going to want to be alongside him and be the Batman to his Robin? Yeah, I, and, I, and I, if, Rand, and Randall's career is, yeah. I mean, and if he, that's the he, case, then you got to get him out of there. Yeah. You got to get him out. You make, you make a real good point. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that Julius, I mean, he didn't become most improved player last year because – because of COVID. I, I don't, I don't buy that. He became most improved player because he worked on his game and, and, and he, and he found a way to get his shot and he had a very, he got hot and he had a very good year. Um, but he's a worker. I mean, that's been the most frustrating part about Julius's quote unquote downfall this year is when it's gone south for him, it's, you could see it, you know, checks out. He mentally checks out, and I feel like he so desperately wants to be that guy from last year, but we don't need him to be that guy. You know, I work with Knicks Fan TV, and, and, and CP has been famously saying, we don't need that. We don't need him to be a point forward anymore. But, so, that, but the problem yeah, is, is Tim's developed his game still that so much to be that, and that he has to take yeah. a step back into being a dog more. And he has to be a paint, a bullier in the paint. And he has to play defense and he has to make more dirty plays. I get it. I get it, Aaron. But it, you're dealing with egos here. And and I don't know what, what safe way out of this is. But the Knicks have to do something. They cannot wait with OV and all. They got, they got to make a decision there. You know, they got to make a decision yeah. of how they want to move with those two players. Because th both of them need to jumpstart their career in one way. And, and, and they both have bright futures in the NBA. But. But, you know, they, they can't coexist. I mean, it's very it's clear, clear they can't coexist. And it's clear to me with both guys out that the bigger absence is Derrick Rose than Randall. Rose is right. the more important player to the team. You saw right. what the record was when they acquired him. He makes the players around him better. He makes yeah. the players around him better. Yeah, and, and even though he's not pass first, there's still a pop, right? There's still a pop yeah. that's with him. There's a calming presence that he has. Yeah. And his... You know, chemistry with Quickly, who's another guy who brings a, an energy. He's a dynamic his, player. Yeah, he's but his, and even he's his minutes changer. have been yo-yoed. It's just, 
it's clear to me that Rose is the more important of the two. And that's a problem when Randall is, you know, making well, $25 million a year. Yeah, yeah. You ask who's going to come in here and play. I mean, I, I think the entire team elevates its game with a, with a floor general point guard. It's, it's not going to happen, though. They don't they, see the Knicks. The problem with the Knicks is that for some reason, it's like a, a rapper who's trying to, to make his first album be Reasonable Doubt. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you got to build towards Reasonable Doubt. Yeah, yeah. Jersey Very few guys out. have 50 cents, you know, get Richard Jai trying their first album would be like right. an absolute classic. Right. And I think I think I think the Knicks are like a like a insecure starving hip hop artist. Like like they're they're trying to to be a legend before before they're they're in the game. And I think they're they need a point guard and I think they need a swing and miss on a point guard if need be. Get you know, move the chips in. Get a Malcolm Brogdon. You know, be aggressive. Get get Alonzo Ball. I wasn't Alonzo Ball guy, but like I wanted Alonzo. But it's very clear that the Knicks are missing a point guard, and I don't know how much longer they want to go as an NBA franchise without one. But they either need the most dynamic ball handling scorer guy, a generational player which those don't come around a lot, or you get a top 15 point guard and you, you move your assets to get them and you live with the results, but you got, you got to do something. They, they can't run this ship without, without a floor general. And they just don't have one. Well, before we talk about the moves that they can make or that they can't make, I wanted to ask you one thing about Tibbs. And, and this goes back to the thing that bothered me so much was, so after the game yesterday, right? Mm, yeah. He talks about he he has that quote where everybody wants a guy to start until he actually has to do it. So, yeah. You know, comparing it was basically throwing a shot at Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um, basically comparing him to a backup quarterback. But meanwhile, he was by far the best player for them on the floor. Like, I, it's yeah. just there. There's, and and this is why, and and you can. Ask my dad about this. You could ask my friends about this. I've said this probably on this show before. When he was hired, I said, listen, he's going to win games, but ultimately this is going to fall flat like it always does with him, and the seeds are there. The seeds are there because he doesn't realize what – he doesn't have the pulse of the team. The yeah, team I, I, I got young guys. Say, I gotta you got to play the young guys. I got to say, these kids, and we call them kids, but, you know, they're, they're adults. But these young men, they have some of the greatest um, perseverance that I've seen out of, out of any team that I've followed in terms of their diligence and, and their willingness to be, to be coached this way. I mean, I think long term, you saw what Obi was as a player last year. He, yeah, was he was not. Really he, he looked like he, he looked was like a very Bambi raw on ice. Player. And I think because of the way that Tibbs made him a very much dribble handoff energy player and said, go play defense, go get rebounds. And if you're not getting any of those in four to six minutes, you're gone. I think I think Obi has responded to that tremendously. And there's been points in this year where Obi's like, why are you being so tough on me? Why did you pull me out of the game? And I think long term, it's going to help him out become a complete player. But I don't think it's beneficial for this team to have Obi treated in this way, especially when you have Julius 
making even more egregious mistakes and never getting his playing time uh, uh, pulled unless we're down 15, 16, like we were down 14, 66, 52. And it was clear that the, that all we needed to see was, you know, the drain to get circled, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then finally they pull it and then Obi comes in and we, we, we go on a 17 0 run, not, not because of Obi, but the energy changed, you know what I mean? So I, I think, I think with, um, with the way that Tibbs handled that press conference, it's, it's, there's no accountability there. That's not the message that you want to send to your guys um, to, you know, eventually ended up saying, you know, guys need to go in and, and do the job, but you know, you're not adjusting, you're not adjusting anything. I know you're shorthanded as all hell, but you're not adjusting anything. And all you're proving is that you don't want to call an offense and you just want to give the ball to somebody. ISO. I mean, we, we, people went nuts on me on Twitter because, they said I was being emotional for saying Tibbs gets out schemed, and he could be the coach of the year and still get out schemed. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's they, not mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So Tibbs is a great uh, motivator, and I gotta love him in terms of the professionalism that he instilled in this organization. But like you said, it's going to fall flat to get us to the next level. You need to be able to out coach a Nick Nurse for seven games and Eric Spolster for seven games, you know, even Nate McMillan, who I am not a big fan of Nate Neither McMillan, outcoached, he outcoached Tom Thibodeau last year. I mean, the adjustments he made tilted the series and it never changed. And even so, more than that, even more than that, cutting your young players out at the knees. Yeah. It just, it's what's the benefit there. There's yeah. none. There's none. Yeah, so if you're going to be this old, answer your question, and I, I, you know, I, I, I praise the diligence because you've got to be thankful that these kids aren't, you know, uh, uh, Kevin. What's, what's the guy in the Rockets? Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. Or, or Christian Wood. Like these guys are having mental breakdowns and like not playing or throwing stuff at the assistant. Like it's not that. I think guys respect him, but almost they respect him to a fault sometimes because he's he's very disciplinarian and he's halfway accountable. So it's it's not, this year has been tough to watch. His, his his halfway selective accountability has been very tough to to witness. And I, if we're witnessing it, you know, someone said on Twitter, you know, that second team's got to be watching them in practice. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I, you got you got to think that you know. If we're thinking about it, they got to be thinking about it too. And it's only a matter of time before it blows up. We've seen this once recently where Dwayne Casey was the coach of the year. And the next, I think he was fired that same offseason. Yeah. Would it shock me if Tibbs was let go after this year? I would be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. I'd yeah. be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. Because it, it, it is what happens, it is. It only happens if you get the if you make the move. I think it. I don't think it. I don't think it's a move. Uh, pre. I think Tibbs is going to be the fall guy at some point. Um, probably. But he's not a fall guy. He's, I think he's for a reason. I, I'm saying he, they're going to move on from him. The timing of it is going to be very precarious because right. in the NBA you gotta you gotta cut bait. <laughs> Because when you're not cutting bait, someone else is cutting bait and someone else is making the move, you know, um, someone else is getting better. Someone else is tearing it all down. So um, 
The Knicks, you know, they're in a tough position. I, I don't think Tibbs is the guy that gets you to the championship. I don't. No, um, he's, he's, the, nice he's the forever bridesmaid. He's the forever it's bridesmaid. Nice it's a very nice thought. And there were moments last year, not when I thought we would win, but there were moments last year when I was like, you know what? This guy is very good to root for. And I could see someone wanting to come here. You know, the, the tips I got from Chicago and Minnesota, he seemed a little bit more human and more likable um, last year. This year, it's he's a very grumpy dude, man. <laughs> he's back in his grumpy ways. And, uh, and it's tough to watch him do that to, to, to the young guys and not do that to the guys who are getting paid, you know, $30 million, $20 million a year. His love affair with Randall is going to hold this the franchise hostage. Coach, and it's until, the only way he knows how to coach. It's the only. I I I don't want to sound like a like like you know like a like a know it all, but it's the only way he knows how to coach. Yeah, and and that's why it's going to have to go. If you watch the NBA, a lot of guys do that. You know, a lot of guys are very comfortable just giving the ball to their guy. And having them, you know, space out the floor and make a play. I mean, this is professional basketball. This isn't, right. you know, high school basketball. I mean, don't get me wrong, but even certain teams have a system. I, I saw a play where uh, uh, there was a play going around on Twitter where um, Joel Embiid flashed in the post out of a timeout, caught the ball on the post, laid it up and in, and you see Tobias Harris scream back at Doc Rivers, "Great play, coach." You're not getting that out of Tibbs. You know what I mean? He's very yeah. limited. So, yeah, so a lot of people rip on Doc Rivers. You know, it's a very tough league to get praise in as an NBA head coach because people think like it doesn't matter. For years, Spolstro was, was just LeBron's, you know, towel boy, you know, but that that proved to be not true. You know, yeah. like you have you have to make adjustments. You have to be able to put your players in a position to succeed. And I think Tibbs has found out a way to put Randall in a position to succeed or to or to fail miserably. But he'd rather Randall make those moves than right. have to deal with the backup quarterback, as as, and, he, as he calls it. And that is going to hold the franchise hostage. Yeah. And at a you certain point, the, the one way, and you can't yeah. win the one way with Randall over an eighty-two game season in a playoff. You're not going to yeah. do that. And and it and at this point, it's on the front office to be like, all right, we got to take this away. We got to take yeah. this away somehow. So one of the guys who was supposed to take the next step who has it is RJ Barrett, right? Would you say RJ Barrett is a victim of circumstance or is he just not that guy? Or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both. I I think I've been disappointed with, see to me, RJ missing free throws and missing open threes is mental. I think, I think something's not clicking there um, mentally. And he hasn't finished at the rim very well either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll give him this. He looks like a different player with the ball in his hands. Um, He's not a 3 and D player. He kind of like worked his way and shot his way into being a 3 and D player. But he's not that. He's not a range guy. He's not a guy that's going to handle the ball 30 feet out and, and create from 30 feet. He's he's a transition body. He, he, he looks very well in the open floor. Um, but he's, he's, when I, when I, when I immediately say, yes, he's a victim of circumstance, when he's running with Kemba, Evan Fournier, Randall, and, and a center that's tiptoeing to get out of the paint and not, not avoid, you know, a, a three in the key, he's standing in the corner and he's not doing anything. 
So, I mean, and then he gets, you know, if he's not hitting his shots, he's penalized to the point where um, you can't bring him back in the game. Because you bring him back in the game, who are you bringing him back for? You're taking out Burks. You're taking out quickly. You know, you're taking out a scorer. And, and the Knicks are down or something, you know. It, he is a victim of circumstance. But at the same time, it's frustrating to watch him miss the, the opportunities he misses. And, and it does question if, if he is that guy. And, and, you know, you thought coming into this year that he, he would take advantage of, of his usage and he would up his statistics a little bit. But I don't see either happening for, for both reasons. I, don't, I think he's in a bad circumstance with Randall being the, the engine of the offense. Um, and I think he's also just not mentally there this year. Mentally, he doesn't have the same bite that, that he had um with his three-point shot he's not consistent with that shot and it's 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 killing his opportunities you know it's killing his opportunities to stay in the game he's not going to stay in the game bro if if he doesn't hit his shots and and for a player like that that, experience i've been saying this for for a, a bit now of all the young guys deuce grimes quickly obi rj five young guys he's the most expendable He's the most expendable. Right. There's On nothing. For sure. yeah. yeah. And there's, I, what does he do at an elite level? Yeah. He showed, he showed an ability to play elite on-ball defense. But even that has been, you know, up and down. He doesn't shoot the ball particularly well at an elite level. He doesn't finish, you know, in the paint, contested layups at an yeah. elite level. So like, what, what is it? What is it? Now yeah, everybody I, can I, I mean, I think, uh, man, I think RJ is still young and, and he, you know, he just hasn't, he hasn't. I get it. I, I, I yeah. get it. But, but, but again, if, if we're going to be. I think really, if you're going to make the move, if you're going to make the move, RJ is, is the guy that has to go. I mean, if you're going to make that, they're going to well, want. Unless RJ. you can move Randall. Yeah. Unless you yeah. can move Randall. You, you probably won't be able to. So I, I do think that, you know, RJ is, is uh, you are right that he's the most expendable, but I think he's expendable on, on, on the pay to play side more than let's get rid of him. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Listen, my ideal move would be somehow to get rant, to get rid of Randall and, and other assets and bring in Sabonis, right? That that would be awesome, and have. I don't know. Both. I don't know much about. I don't know much about Sabonis, but I, I don't know how. What what would that make our team long term? Well, I don't know. He's a playmaker, right? Right. He's right. a playmaker. The ball moves with him, and right. and it just doesn't stick like it does with Randall. Right. Like right. I, I know we we harped on Randall a lot, but like if I see him dribble the ball up the court from the backcourt w- one more time, it's going to drive me fucking crazy. Like I'm, and I'm talking about like <laughs> off off a uh, off a made basket or yeah. off a, or off a turnover, right? If he's grabbing a rebound and going, fine, right? But like the, whatever, we're not gonna no more on yeah. Randall. But like, yeah. See, that's why you got to a seven. Yeah, because it's nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, I've seen way worse Knicks teams, but like this is just. 
because there are some things here, and we're going to get to that in a second, but none of it makes any sense this year. None of it. So, like, at a certain point, they're going to have to make a choice, and I'd I'd rather have RJ than Randall, but given what Randall's contract is and given, you know, the slump he's been in, I'm not sure that we can make a move there, but I – it's clear to me that of the five guys that I mentioned, he's the most expendable. Like I'm more comfortable with, with Quentin Grimes on the court than RJ Barrett at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a Grimes guy. <laughs> I like Grimes. I, I like, like Grimes too. I, like I want him to play. I just, I, I just think, I, you know, oh man, if Mike Miller was the coach, RJ Barrett would be a better NBA player. But if Mike Miller was the coach, we probably don't get the four seed and we don't get all this hope. So, I mean, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? They're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And right <laughs> now I'm at a point where it's like you lose the battle to win the war. Yeah. I think that's where I'm at. All right. So yeah. moves the Knicks could make this year. I don't think, given the landscape of the league, that the big move is out. Although I'll say this, as I mentioned in the monologue, the Portland Trailblazers are freaking horrible. They're 12th in the West. I mean, they lost, they gave up 130 points to the Lucas Dallas Mavericks. All right. So they got blown out by the lake. Yeah. I mean, just, just horrible. They play no defense. They're going nowhere fast. Right. Dame's patience has to be wearing thin, but he seems to be the good soldier. Right. So of all the guys who are out there, who would be the guy that you would want to get the most? And is it even feasible? Oh, man. I mean, I don't want Zach Levine. I don't think he's going to be available to us. Not going to um, be available. No not chance. Be available. the one seed. They're not, he's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Um, I think Bradley Beal is interesting, but I, I also feel that Bradley Beal is, is a old Knicks move. I think that's a Stephon Marbury, Carmelo Anthony, jump the gun. You're not ready for that kind of player just yet. Because if you go in for Bradley Beal, that's the move, unless you're getting somebody with him. But I think that's a guy that's going to garner some attention on the, on the hot wire. I don't think the move's there, Aaron. I, I really don't think it's there. I don't think it's there because of COVID. I don't think it's there because of the, the landscape of the NBA. I think there are two, two to five teams that really believe they can win the championship. And I think the rest are pretty much playing it out and playing through this 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 yeah. era of basketball i think the bucks are there you know with the, they have their pieces together you know i think the suns are there you know i think that um warriors the warriors are there you know besides those three teams you name another one but i you know besides those three teams i think the suns the warriors the bucks the nets and i think everything else is just there he will talk themselves into it he don't, I mean, but but the question is, is like, for me, it's like your talent is shot for shot. You're not beating the, the, the Nets in a seven-game series if they're all – Yeah, high. but you – you not to get off tangent because we're talking about the Knicks moves, but you've seen Spolstra outdo the sum of right. his points. Like, we've seen it, right? right? So, you, he right. can't be discounted. You, 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 can, you can hit him and get hot. Um, and but Jimmy Butler, take- when he's right, is – is around the upper echelon of the league. You saw him be the best yeah. player on the court in a finals but game. You see how, you're saying you see how much of a Herculean effort you would need, and you're already that good? 
You know what I mean? So it's it's very it's very tough for me to say certain teams are, you know, gonna tear their almost good team down or, you know, take their one star, their one attraction on their team and move them in this era. I don't know. I don't see Does De'Aaron Fox interest you? I mean, De'Aaron Fox definitely interests me, but I, you know, again, you're you're the Knicks need to to get De'Aaron Fox. It changes the whole landscape of who they want to be and who they are. And, and I think, you know, that might that's not going to happen this year. It's going to happen in the offseason, any type of De'Aaron Fox move. If you could figure out a way to keep two of the five young players that you said, Grimes, Deuce, Quickly, OB, Barrett, if you could keep two of them and get De'Aaron Fox and move Randall, I'd do it. Um, if you're telling me De'Aaron Fox is coming here with Randall, no, nope, you can't have it. Nope. You can't, can't have it. First of all, you can't, and you're just committing to losing. I, I just, you know, I, I don't really see that team. That's a lot of money, and, and you're tied up in, in, in two guys that I haven't won anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, maybe Bradley Beal. Maybe Bradley Beal comes here and, and, and we move, uh, uh, you know, OB and, and RJ or something like that, and we get Bradley Beal. I don't know. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see anything, you know, earth shattering. I my my long term dream would be for Donovan Mitchell to 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 win the championship with the Knicks. Oh yes, I think that's every that'll return us to our childhood. I think I think that I I've seen Donovan Mitchell at his best, and that's fun. You know, that's fun to like. Like I don't think, and let me just backtrack off off this. I, I don't. I think the frustration with the Knicks fans isn't about record. It's not about stats. It's not any of that. It's the vibe and the feeling that we got from knowing that every night that the t- we believed that the team could win the game and that they were hanging around in games that they had no business being in and that they were giving grit efforts and they were reminding us of what it meant to be a Nick fan at the Garden and not look like a damn fool for chanting defense. I went to the Wizards game this year and I stopped, uh, bro, I stopped chanting defense. I just started chanting Kemba when they played the Oregon. <laughs> but it's like, it, it, there was no point. You know what I'm saying? There's no point. They, they yeah. could not defend. They physically could not do it. So I, I think whatever direction they go in, I would hope that they lean on their youth. And I would hope that they lean on defense. And I hope that they, they get more two-way unselfish talent to play uh, across the board. I would love to see if there was a move to get, I would love to see Sabonis, as I mentioned before. Um, yeah. That, that would be awesome. If you could somehow get Sabonis and, you know, have him as the four and the five with, with Obi, that would be wonderful. If that means it's, moving, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a rebrand, you know, <laughs> but I, but, I, but I, that's I, what needs to happen. It, it yeah. needs to happen. The Nick, yeah. The, the Randall thing needs to just go away. It's so done. question for you. Question for you, yeah. right? Who would want Randall? I'm sure there's some – I'm sure there are teams that would talk themselves into it. Like, I know it sounds crazy. Is there – you know when we say that Randall's a third option? Is there a contender – that views Randall as a third option? Maybe. I mean, he did have an awesome year last year. 
Like right. so you saw him as as an off the bench guy that year the Pelicans made the second round. He was he was somewhat valuable for them. Um maybe that's the team. Maybe that's the that's the getting Zion on the cheap situation where Randall goes back and Randall can play the Zion role and they have something. And you'd be like, oh, second team all NBA made an all-star team. Maybe that's the move. I I don't know, but I just think I, I think that's if you had to overpay for Sabonis and say to Indiana, Randall and RJ and a one for Sabonis, like at that point, you have the draft capital, like just do it. You know, just do it. I yeah. know you're overpaying, but you have to do it. I'm not as high on Sabonis as you are. I mean, I, I, I trust that you know way more about Sabonis than me, but I don't know. I don't know if that's a move that's going to ring bells in New York. I, I don't. That'd be so, tough. We were a lot of doom and gloom right now. Yeah. Is there any hope hope for optimism for this year? And what would optimism be? Getting in the playing game, making it to the the playoffs. Well, what what are we talking about here? I think optimism. There's still optimism between us right now in the sixth seed. I I still think that that's within reach. It's gonna take you know. It's gonna take a hot streak though. You're gonna have to win a couple games. They're going to have to play 600 basketball during a month. That's what they're going to have to do. And they don't have Derrick Rose, and they cannot play Kemba Walker 35 minutes. So yeah. someone's going to have to step up um, between Julius Randle and, and, and uh, uh, you know, um, that 15th spot, which is occupied by the kid from Villanova now. So someone's going to have to step up. Yeah. I like him, but. I kind of well, like him too. He yeah. he was okay for the Bulls, like a little grit. Yeah. yeah. The kid from Iona um, the other night on OKC was killing it, and I, I do think that that um, the Knicks are missing that this year. You know, I don't know. You know, Taj is that guy, but Taj is also just it takes a lot. years old. Yeah, it takes a lot for him to make a play. You know, I see Grimes making a play. I see um um. Deuce getting on the floor sometimes. They're missing that guy that just comes in and energizes the team um, in a way that quickly in spots. It's been yeah. quickly in spots, but yeah. the problem is like that he, you know, and he went the out with the COVID not protocol. Falling, he's, he's a detriment to the team, bro. And I, I hate to say that, but but that you know he has those nights where a shot isn't falling. Um, but you know, I, I think I think to answer your question, I still think that the Knicks are going to win the playing game. I think they're going to get into the play-in, and I think I would hope that they get that seven or eight, and they get a home game, and I think they're they're gonna they're gonna win in the play-in, and I think they're like Tibbs is a tough out um, in the regular season. It's going to take a lot for this team's bottom to fall out. They're they've been playing hurt, they've been playing with weird chemistry, they've been playing with the COVID nonsense. When all the antibodies are together. And and all the all the you know Sans Derrick Rose, which is a huge loss for this team. But when all the players are back, even with the problems we have, I still think that the talent is there to play six out of ten basketball at some point during six weeks in this year. I don't. I, it, it's hard to see it, um, but none of us expected that nine game streak last year. And teams do get hot. And, and they get hot for no reason. And I, I want to say that too. Teams get hot out of nowhere for no reason. Look at the Grizzlies. 
you know, a lot of people have been talking about. Uh, well, hold on, the, the hold on, the Grizz, the Grizzlies have a generational guy who could hold be on, that. Hold on one second. Could hold be on that second. dude. Hold on one second. They were ten and two without John Morant. That's correct, right? But which then, he, makes, and then which he came, bro, which makes zero sense. No sense. But then he no came sense. back, and he's right. been awesome, and they've been still winning. Yeah. No. I. I and I. I'm waiting on my boy. I don't, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big time get in with me better. I'm waiting on Grizzlies play. I mean, by the time this comes out, who knows? But I'm waiting on plus six and a half for the Grizzlies versus the Nets. It gives me a little extra juice to root for the Nets to lose. And you don't want to, even if they win, you know, you get a little money. But I think that, um, yeah, I think things like that, measurables, that, and that's why I've been preaching um, relaxation for this era of, of Julius is in the protocols because any estimation on this talent one way or the other is just an over or an underreaction. It's two, three games. Tibbs don't know how to coach when he doesn't have his star. And, 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 and we, we can't put anything on this. Oh, the Knicks are better without Randall and Knicks are better with Randall. I think the criticism of Julius is fair because the Knicks fan, the Knicks fan is not, upset at Julius like get out of here we don't want you it's we need you and you're playing you're making mistakes that are so detrimental to us the spin cycle turnovers the the dropping of the head the poor defensive effort we need him to win and he is giving us subpar effort and we cannot and he's being enabled by the coach and being treated by the coach as somebody he's not and Look, that's if, if Julius, the thing that drives me And if he finds his game and he's hitting his outside, let's say Julius's outside shot comes back, and, and he gets hot, and 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 you know quickly gets hot, and and we find something from one of the young guys. Yeah, I I, I mean the East is is good, but it's also as as tight as it is, it's mediocre. And night to night, you can you can win games and you can get hot. But the problem is we're not winning at home, and we're not winning winnable games, and we're seventeen and twenty. But yeah, they played. Question, they've played down to competition. They played, they played up to down competition. To competition they played up to competition. You asked me a question. I, I would. I don't think they're. I think they've dug themselves a sizable enough hole. Without Derrick Rose, you're probably not pushing out of that sixth seed. You're, you're probably, your ceiling is that seventh spot. But I don't think we're the 12th best team in the East. I, I refuse to believe that. The, some people call me delusional for thinking they can play 500 basketball. I think at some point the Knicks are going to get 40 wins in this year. And I think we're going to be in a playing game. And I, I hope that we win that game. And I hope that it, it, it creates more possibilities for us going forward. I, I don't, I'm not a good believer in the tank. I don't think that the tank ever really works. Um, I think every night that you try to win a basketball game and you get experience winning a basketball game, it helps everybody. So I, I, you know, I would hope, I, I would hope that, you know, this season is of value and, and we do reach some type of pinnacle of success for this team. I, I, w- I would agree with a lot of that. Um, obviously, Julius playing better would help not just the, the way, on the court, the but it would also help the, the trade possibilities. Um, I do think that it's kind of like a Band-Aid on an axe wound, but I also, I also think that that's kind of 
they have to realize that and that their hands going to have to be forced one way or the other. I agree with you. I think ultimately, ultimately they'll end up in the play-in tournament. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I think they ultimately end up in the play-in tournament, but it's just going to be gross to watch until then. Yeah. And, or, or they find some magic somewhere, you know, maybe this podcast will start it up. Maybe it will. And, and then it will have like the Godfather three famous scene. Every time I thought I was out, they pull me back in. And at the same nah, the Knicks, the Knicks are, I'm telling you, man, the Knicks have too much talent on this team. To, even if they lose, they're going to lose in, in heart attack fashion. So um, it's good. Get ready, bro. I know you're, I know you're at a seven. You might have to get up to a nine at some point. They may drag you in to pull you to a nine or a 10. Just what I need these days. All right. Yeah. Hop a left. Always great to talk to you about the Knicks, man. Um, good stuff as always. You can find him on Instagram, Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow, especially when it comes to New York Knicks content. Thanks so much yeah. for doing it, bro. And uh, for better times, let's let's yep. spark a run here. Yeah, definitely. I'll speak to you later. Peace. Thanks again to recurring guest Papa Left talking Knicks. Ah, the New York Knicks. Me and the New York Knicks. It's a uh, it's a love affair that it's a rocky relationship. We'll just put it that way. We'll put it mildly. Thanks again to him for coming on, giving me his time talking about the Knicks. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Twitter, Knicks Fan TV, all that good stuff. He does really good content. And that's episode 138 for the love of the game. Knicks, let's make a run now, but take us out. Ja Rule and friends. Word that the one of Murphy was in the air. Uh, double shot of yak and the purple is in the air. Uh, and I'm not cocky, I'm confident. So when you tell me I'm the best, it's a compliment. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. I'm from New York, New York. And you can tell the way the homies spit. Then I'm from New York, New York. I got a hundred guns, a hundred clips. I'm from New York, New York. I got a semi. Automatic that spits next time if you talk And this is how we do For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.